and welcome to Hunter Gatherers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson stories. I'm your host, Curtis Robinson, coming to you from uh, COVID-19 lockdown on the coast of Maine. This is actually our first episode since uh, the virus came to town, and we'll be taking you back to the archives to uh, January, back when going viral was still mostly a good thing. And we'll be joined by my co-host, Dan Dunn. Uh, we're recording live at the Lono Tiki Bar in Los Angeles, and it's a treat. Our guest uh, for this conversation is Marjorie Simpkin. Uh, Ms. Simpkin is a casting director in Los Angeles. She was the uh, casting director for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and also for Top Gun and a lot of other movies that, that um, you probably loved, and also... Um, some that you might not have. She can also tell us how Johnny Depp, uh, well before he became a famous Kentucky colonel, actually got that breakthrough role on 21 Jump Street. And she tells us how uh, Spider-Man came to be in the Vegas movie uh, in the middle of the desert. That and much more. So with no further ado, I welcome you back. For those of you coming back, and into the future we go by going to the past. And we open up talking about uh, Johnny Depp and 21 Jump Street. The truth about Hollywood that no one ever likes to admit. Well, we like how, to admit it. What is it? Okay, well, just how accidental things are, you know, just how random things are. And so randomly, wow, that's a big bottle of bourbon that just got <laughs> put just, in at the end of the thing. Just a bottle of whiskey uh, showed up. Right. Yeah. Um, is, uh, you know, he, I, I was working on this other picture at Fox. Um, they were just starting the Fox network. I came back to the Chateau Marmont, my, the hotel I used to stay in all the time before it got all zhuzhy and fancy. And the phone rang and it was somebody in a panic from Fox television saying they had just fired somebody off this TV series that I'd never heard of because who would have heard of it? And they needed somebody, and they'd heard we were auditioning all these young guys for this Fox movie. And I said, yeah, well, there was this one guy, and the only reason I gave them Johnny's name was because I didn't want to give them Robert Downey Jr. or Andrew McCarthy or guys that we, we actually were interested in for the movie. <laughs> so I gave them Johnny Depp. And they, no, we got this one throwaway guy we're not going to use. That's exactly it. Because you'd never want to give up something you're going to actually use. And I threw Johnny at them, and he got the part the next day. And I know he kind of hates that he did it, but it was a it was a leg up for him. So it was really kind well, of I mean, funny. It made his, I mean, it made him. Right. right. I mean, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah but, but he does kind of hate that he did it. He hates that yeah. he did it. But he... Isn't it true that when they did the movie, he said he would reprise his character, but only if he was killed? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You never get to work on the sequels of the thing. They've made like sequels of half, of my, mo half my movies. Oh, of course but, not. But it was, oh, look at how festive your drink is that just do you wanna, came. Do you want to try this, Mark? No, but it's... a rum, it's, uh, little tiki drink? Little tiki drink. Austin, what am I, what am I having here? A painkiller. Oh, a painkiller, yeah. Painkiller. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. drink. Okay, oh, now yeah. I'm having fun because we can talk about whatever we want to talk about here. Yeah. Oh, I think no, we are. Um, oh, I think we've proven yeah. that. If we've so proven when Johnny anything. showed up anyway, on you know, for Fear and Loathing, it was really, it was fantastic and, and lovely and great 
fun, and he didn't hate the 21 Jump Street quite as much at that point as I'm sure he he does. I think buying now. the island probably took the edge yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. But parts like well, like the like the Christina Ricci part, things like that. That was I mean, all, well. Again, you know, we we cannibalize ourselves. So Christina was um, I cast her in her very first role when she was seven years old first movie when she was seven years old so I, i'd known her for a long time so when when you when you're doing something like fear and loathing it was there were all these wonderful opportunities for little character parts that people weren't going to have to work for a very long period of time but gary Busey, you had in there right and uh, chris maloney that's oh, one of that's my right. favorite moments he was oh at my house we played this little so game called spot spot i love it and then you can't find him in the movie <laughs> Wait, Lyle was in the movie. He was. Uh, uh, well, maybe, maybe not. We'll play. We'll play the game. Okay. And I'll, I'll show you. I mean, I you know sometimes also with these things, you know, people show up and end up. Oh yes, I remember now. I'm I remember. Not, I'm, I'm not saying a word. I remember. I remember. If at Don some told point, me I'm not supposed to tell anyone point, this. At some point, you guys have to have Joanne on. Joanne Jansen, who, this who is, did like the movement stuff on it. For I'm never going to admit to ever being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe me too. No, um, uh, so, you know, it was so much fun to do this. Um, but it was wacky and crazy. And every minute when you said now it's going to happen, every week we thought it was going to not happen. You know, so you're kind of like moving along, working your butts off, and everybody's running around trying to put it all together. And then it always seemed on the edge of falling apart. I thought it was brilliant of you to cast Steve. Hunter as himself. <laughs> Well, you know, that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, credit work, credit work. But, but um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, enormously fun to be around all those guys and really fun. I don't remember Steve. I'm gonna, can we talk to people that are sitting off around? Sure. Can we do whatever we want? Sure. Uh, Steve? Folks Wait. listening to this in, uh, in the middle of winter, hunkered down. Uh, just give you an starting, idea. We're starting to gauge our studio audience. There's thousands of people here. It's very difficult to keep them quiet. <laughs> and, uh, just give you an idea. Uh, I randomly just throw in okay, sound scenes. Yeah, uh, sounds. Uh, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, screams. Ah! But like, there was yeah, yes. a lot of incredibly, f- but you, you, you know. Penn Jillette was on the movie? Yeah. Penn Jillette was, was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? You know, it was. Con- it was oh, uh, yeah, Flea. I forgot about him. Yeah. You know, honestly, if I'd really realized you were going to throw me in front of a microphone, I might have like pulled out my phone and looked at the cast list or something before but when we they, sat down. So when these well, then we wouldn't have asked you because it would be nearly <laughs> as much fun. Margie, I'm wondering, I'm curious what the cutoff is when you're casting a movie. There, there are certain levels of actors, right? That they're not auditioning, obviously, right? Oh, I, I'm trying to think of who you're talking. I mean, sometimes you'll say, wouldn't it be fun to have so-and-so? But, I mean... The people we've mentioned so far, you know, Christina and, and, I mean, they all came in and auditioned. So when I'm looking, I'm looking at, I mean, you've got so many, like Hope Springs, Pacific Rim, movies like that. Uh, I mean, are there there actors, Hope Springs, is that? Meryl Meryl Streep? Yeah. So she's not auditioning. She's not auditioning. She's not, you're not like, hey, Meryl, sorry. No. You didn't get it. No. Uh, Denzel Washington's not auditioning. No, but I am going to say... People don't realize, and, and you know, you, you, you do make these lists. 
Okay. These crazy. Yes, we do. One makes no, the list. You, you make I lists. make these lists. All right. And then, fine, you do. and then, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you sit with the director and you sit with the studio, and for various reasons, amazingly big names, suddenly everybody goes, yeah, not really feeling Brad Pitt for this, you know, or whatever. And I mean, then who has to tell Brad Pitt he didn't get the nobody role? Nobody tells Brad Pitt, but you never ask Brad Pitt. You never I mean, ask him. But, you know, it, it, it's, um, I mean, there is a... You know he's a listener. <laughs> and I love him. And he was uh, in another one. Of, he was in 12 Monkeys. He was in another one of Terry's movies. It he's says amazing. here, you did Beverly Hills Cop? I did. You were the, you were the casting director on Beverly Hills Cop? I was. So Let Eddie, me say that again. I was the casting director on Beverly Hills that's Cop. That's amazing. So, like, Judge Reinhold was you? Oh, like, yeah. No, but, but predating... Eddie, you do know that it was Sylvester Stallone. Wait, we're so off. I don't this, know. That. No, is this, this is great. Is, I want to hear this. this. Is like, so wait, are you, Stallone? Are, you want, are we going to do another podcast? Are we oh, I'm to sure. Be on I, fear I'm sure you're coming here? back. Wait, wait. Stallone, <laughs> no, 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 no. Stallone was supposed to be the lead. Oh, in it? here we yes. go. Now we're now, now, right, now we're a Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Now. Now okay. Here we go. Yeah. No, Stallone was when I started work on the on the project. Um, it was Sylvester Stallone, and um, and it was. He, his role was Axel Cobretti, which later became... Cobra. Correct. Bingo. Because he rewrote the script. The script was sort of not as funny, obviously, as when Eddie came on. But it was, it <laughs> oh, was, you think Eddie sorry. Murphy made it funnier. <laughs> but it was, Imagine that. But I, mean, it was, I don't Eddie believe Murphy. it. But I, it yeah. was... It, it, you Eddie, know, Eddie can write? No one told me. It was a lighter, it was a lighter script. Okay. And then... And then uh, Stallone, Sly, as we called him, Sly was rewriting it in, you know, into a more of an action movie. And there was a moment in time where, uh, you know, there were, uh, honest to God, creative differences. You know, that, that bullshit line everybody always, see, am I allowed to say that? On, is he, yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, uh, that everybody uses all the time, but was actually the case in this instance. And uh, they had, you know, creative differences and... Stallone wanted to make an action film. Amazing, right? <laughs> so that he was gone, and uh, and Don and Jerry disappeared. Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer disappeared one weekend, and we were. I think Don fell into a pile of cocaine. Well, we couldn't not find him. that yeah. week. Not that week. Too soon? Is that too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, too sorry. Soon. Too soon. Um, as long listen, as there I, are lawyers. I know. <laughs> no, no, I love when there that are guy. No lawyers. Don. Don was an Aspen guy, right? Didn't yeah. 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 Don oh, yeah. was and, a yes. And I'm not. Sh- and uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, he uh, they disappeared and they came back with Eddie, and uh, we suddenly didn't have. But we had um, all the people that worked for Stallone wore this uh, golden uh, boxing glove that he had given them necklace. Okay. And I used to call them the Order of the Golden Gloves, and there were all these emails with. Uh, with uh oh he's writing something Stephen's um, writing you know you can just say it to us you, you just know. say it you to can us say it because this is no i'm, I'm saying it just, you can't say that don't say that oh no oh my god he's 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 margie he wants- can we can we put because i like this can we play a quick game here sure i'm gonna throw out a movie that you cast and you just and you just give us a very the first thing that pops to your head on that movie because you've done so <laughs> many movies this isn't crazy so top gun Top Gun, um, 
you want stories? Or like just like, a, a memory of something that came up in casting and top. Or Gun. maybe one of them. Knew we, like Thompson. Cruise, <laughs> we like Cruz. We like Cruises. It doesn't matter. The kid, the Hunter Thompson connection's already been established. Oh, yes, yes, now yes. we're going to get into Margie's long and illustrious career of casting movies. Oh my god! So Top Gun. Top Gun. Too many stories. We um, like the guy. You know, Val Kilmer. Not good. good oh no, no! I desperately wanted Val. Nobody believed that Val was a dramatic actor because, believe it or not, Val, Val had done two comedies. The only movies he had done at that point were these two comedies. And I said he should be this part, and the studio thought I was insane. But I, he had done a play at Juilliard I had seen about the Botter-Meinhof gang. And uh, with he was in class with Linda Kozlowski, remember her? Oh, from, yeah, yeah. From Crocodile Dundee. Oh, Crocodile Dundee, that's right. right. Yeah. I got them to hire a part anyway they, you know i know it's it's, it's, it's sorry it's i know this is embarrassing wacky, but this is why know. we're here to embarrass you oh okay all right Fine. little shop of horrors bill murray no the little shop of horrors story is um that and this circles back around to terry gilliam um we had cast frank gorshin remember him frank gorshin the Riddler. Oh, the Riddler. Okay. We yeah, had, yeah, yeah. As uh, the um, uh, as the as the <laughs> as the disc. I think he was the owner of the record store. Okay. And then uh, David Geffen called up one day and said, "John Candy's being going to be the owner of the record store." And I had a call and you know tell Frank Gorshin he didn't have a part, and I felt so 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 bad. So later in Twelve Monkeys. We eventually he was in him. Twelve Monkeys. He that's was in right. Twelve Monkeys because wow. I was pretty determined before he died that he would be in something I did, and that was that was that. So so, it's interesting as you talk about your power over these lives. It's uh, it's dawned on. Has anyone suggested that you might be proof that God's a woman? <laughs> <laughs> it you turns know, out. It, 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 but so much of it is like random, like the moment. Oh, here's a Beverly Hills Cop one. So I was flying out to L.A. to start that job, and it was in the day when, you know, they only would show one movie. Anybody old enough to remember they'd only show one movie on the plane? Wait, you know, they show I'm, movies on airplanes? I'm 26. They, they showed <laughs> yeah. movies on airplanes, and they only show one at a time. You didn't have a choice, you know. It would just be, it would be on this big screen or on the, you know, I was in the front row of whatever, I'm sure coach, because uh, I didn't know enough to ask better. It was That was my first movie out in L.A. And I wasn't watching the movie, but it was sort of there. And it was a Bond movie I don't think I had seen. And I was reading a book or reading the script or something. And I just looked up at a moment and I saw Stephen Burkoff go across the screen. And I used to work in avant-garde theater and performance art with performance artists before I was in like movie business. And I knew him from that world. Like he was a big deal in that world. And I went, oh my God, there's Steven Burkoff. You know what? He would be really good for the bad guy in this script that I'm reading right now. And then I thought, oh, how am I going to deal with him in London? And again, it's before it was so easy and there was so much flow between you know, London, uh, English actors and American actors. And then coincidentally, he was doing this really weird avant-garde play in L.A. And so he happened to be in L.A. And I 
talked him into coming in and um Mr. Stallone kept him waiting for a very, very long time, which did not make Mr. Burkhoff happy. And when we finally all got in the room together, and, and again, Burkhoff was a big deal in, that, in his world. And Stallone was like, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And Stephen said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And that was it. And and Sly just was knocked out by him, and then eventually used him in I think First Blood. I think he was. Oh, that's he great. was later. On, I mean, he was in Beverly Hills Cop, but then he was in First Blood too. Wow. Yeah. I got one more. Yeah. Death Death to Smoochie. John Stewart. Did you cast John Stewart, yeah. or did you? Yeah. Uh, no, I totally was obsessed with having John Stewart in that movie because he always make he always made fun of it. I know on the I, Daily Show. I have seen him since, and I said maybe you didn't get a great role, but you did get great material for a really long time. I, you know, I'm a huge fan, and that, and he hadn't done the show at that point, so it was you know I was a fan from before, and he was, uh, you know, he was I cast him because I had tried to cast him this is another payback this is like the Frank Gorshin um, I did a movie called Bowfinger one of my favorite Eddie Murphy that I've ever Eddie yeah. Murphy in a, in a role Steve, that, was Steve Martin in that Steve yes. Martin but Eddie Murphy should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that I mean it is the most extraordinary if you haven't seen it recently it, it holds up and it's worth seeing and uh, John Stewart was supposed to play his agent and John was on a movie, I can't, they changed the title, but it was called Dancing with Architecture on Architecture or something. It was like a love, believe it or not, he was like in this romantic comedy, uh, John Stewart. And they ran over schedule and we weren't going to get him back for the two days for him to play the agent. And so we cast Robert Downey Jr. Who? who yeah, that no, guy. Okay. Who had just gotten out of uh, rehab and nobody would hire him. Um, and he had a fantastic agent named Ed Lamato, who was really, you know, oh, one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of the great old fashioned agents. Ed. And he said, you know, I said, we don't we have enough money to pay him for a couple of days, but we don't have money for insurance because nobody wanted to insure him because he was just just out of rehab is this when he did the thing i think is is this when he did the thing where he i don't woke know. up in somebody's bed, yeah i don't remember somebody's it was house then or yeah. some other time but he had he he couldn't get insurance people and are so judgmental about stuff like i that. know mm. but the thing is that ed was brilliant enough and old-fashioned enough and brilliant enough to know that he had a great actor as a client and he wanted to prove to the every to the community that he was responsible that that robert would show up and work and everything and that he had him. He let him work for scale, and the money we had for the role we spent on the insurance for those two days. And he did that. And he's actually he's fantastic in the movie, and he was great. And then word got out that you know he was back and he was responsible. So he made it. And it's because John Stewart couldn't do that. So yes, when it when Death to Smoochie happened, um, I we went to him and uh, we were in New York casting, and it was right during all the Hanging Chad stuff okay so, so i was two th around 2000 right yeah. so we were, i was trying to get um uh john to meet uh danny devito who was directing the movie and every day we would have a meeting set and every day something would happen in the news and they'd be happy to write jokes about it so he wasn't he wasn't getting in but finally because we were only blocks away from um from where their offices were and um uh 
he they showed up and he was in the movie and yes it gave him lots of material for well, the so future. Robin Williams was in that but did, did you do so Terry Gilliam I know you have that relationship did Terry the Fisher King did you do that one too or no I did not I was a studio executive very briefly for a couple of years um, how'd that work out for you uh, I was a studio executive very briefly for a couple of years. <laughs> they hacked her email. They hacked her emails. They hacked her emails. It was terrible. Um, no, but I am. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying that. Um, um, oh, so now they're self situated yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. That was yeah. it. One final question. Yeah. Marley and me. Do you cast the dog? No, and if I, I if I had a nickel for every time I get asked that damn really? question. Really? Damn it. I yeah. wanted to be original. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, uh, one of the things I'm thinking is you were probably the perfect person to do a Hunter Thompson film, weren't you? Because that was just another layer of weirdness for you. Well, here's also why I'm, I'm, I have been a longtime fan but I'm not a fangirl kind of girl, so it's, it's... You should try it. It's fun. <laughs> so I... I Curtis you know, is a fangirl. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. No, because, you know, I, I really think there's value to having a little bit of distance and not being just reverential about material and people. And I think that's, you know, one of the jokes about uh, me with Terry Gilliam is I, I've never seen an episode of Monty Python. What? I know. It's crazy. Um, but, what but is it, your name? No, but it, but, if they, but I, if they play, made it into a play at Juilliard, you'd go. I'd probably go. Right. No, I, you know, my brother was a big fan, so you know, when I was younger, so not I not even didn't. the dead parrot sketch. I have now since seen the dead parrot sketch, but I saw the dead parrot sketch first at a performance in a theater in I knew Hollywood. It. I knew you were going to say some, that. Did you see that? <laughs> I could see that coming. Well, you know, where someone else did it. You know, and 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 they never remember these guys. And I've worked with not just Terry, but you know, Michael. Pal I went and saw them when they were at the O2. What did you work with Michael Palin on? Um, gotta look down my credits here. I did a movie. <laughs> no, I, I cast a movie that he he he. John Cleese? Any he John directed. Cleese? No, John Cleese. He's uh, the only one of them that I don't know, actually. Eric Idle. I've worked with Eric. Ah, oh, the best. I just I just heard him on so Conan's much, podcast, and I want to get his book. So much fun! He's telling this like these amazing stories yeah, about like so how influential Monty Python was on all of this comedy that we have. No, now. it's yeah. absolutely true. Crazy, but it, but when I went to the O2 and I'm sitting there, and there's you know tens of thousands. I don't know how many people are in that stadium. And all the people around me are literally mouthing. They all know the sketches. Oh yeah, of course. By heart, and I'm sitting there and don't know it. And afterwards, when I went back, um, I, you know, went in to see Palin, and I said, you know, you, you know, you remember? I, I've never seen. And they ne always forget because it's so unimaginable that I wouldn't know this material. But I, I really do think, you know, I, I love working with Terry, you know, and, and I loved working with Michael, and I, I just, it it helps you keep a distance so that you have a kind of clearer vision in some ways when you need that other voice, you know, where it isn't just the excitement or everybody running off or here's, and in casting sometimes it's, ooh, you know, the most famous person in the world wants to be in this movie, and then somebody has to say, yeah, but are they right for the part, and is it going to work out? Have you ever had, out. you mentioned some of the people that you've cast that were, you know, early in their career. Have you ever had anybody who's gone on to become a huge star? 
that's come back to you later and said thank you? Mm, no. Fucking actors. <laughs> no, God <laughs> damn it. There you go. There you go. No, not so much. No, no. I'm, I'm curious. Are you casting the curse of Lano? Oh yeah, here we go. Oh wait, oh you're putting me on on the uh, you're putting me on the spot. I don't even this, know what it is. This is the ambush. So this is the ambush. You're gonna you're gonna have to. Uh, Margie, I'll take the part. Let me just say. Okay, so here's a here's Ralph. An ambush. Okay, so here's a Ralph. So I was a huge Stedman. We're talking about Ralph Stedman. Correct. Yes. We are talking about Ralph. Oh, I keep Stedman. forgetting it's the hunter gatherers podcast. You know, Ralph. Right, you got to know. Be careful because you know Ralph. He's a listener. Okay, I'm a huge, huge fan of of the artwork. I mean, I, I, oh, you should I, tell you should have told Hunter that when he was alive. That now, what an integral part of the book that was. Yeah, that he loved fun. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I love the Ralph Steadman drawings, yeah. and um, so the reason Toby Maguire was in Fear and Loathing is that I saw a short that Griffin Dunn had directed. And I knew Griffin Dunn because I had done a movie that he produced. American Werewolf in London? No. No, he produced. Oh, produced. Okay. Um, and uh, produced, Dan. Produced, produced. I just like produced, throwing yeah. out Griffin For Dunn. For the love of God. Produced. Night shift. No. Um, and um, uh, no, it was a it was a John Sayles movie called Baby It's You. And um, I so want to be you when I grow up. Okay. I really do. I've had a good time. <laughs> um, so uh, I had. Uh, seen this short that Griffin had directed um, and and Toby was in the short and I looked at him and he looked like that character to me you know from the drawings sure so and he really looked like him in the movie so the kid in the car right when they're, yeah right. he was he just manifested that drawing right so that was why he was in the movie because I became obsessed with getting him in the movie he looked so like the what drawing. kind of credits did he have at that point? Uh, Griffin Dunn's short. That's it. Why do I feel like I thought maybe something else? I don't know. So he was not. He wasn't like Cider House Rules or any of that. No, stuff. no, none of that had happened. That, okay, before that. Yeah. Or if it had happened, it wasn't out yet. Oh know? goodness. Um, so it, but it was really because that's what he looked like, and and all of that took place again. It's more chateau stuff. I think I saw the the short at the chateau that Griffin gave me a DVD or whatever. It, it all was chateauy, and that there's another off. Now we're, we're we're veering. What I love is you guys are letting me go off on tangents like this. It's, it's yeah, well, you've not heard the edited version yet. That's true. My ADD <laughs> makes for I'm like I'm no no no. I'm already yeah. thinking of 17 different things I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. so um, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. But you you, went, you say. You say you love Stedman, and I, I want to believe you, but, you know, Ralph's getting on. We all know that. Well, he's, I, he's doing well. I don't know well. him as a person. I just yeah, love I, I, the work. I, I know Ralph well, and I know I know. I can think I can speak as as his emissary, really. Right. And, you know, he's desperate. <laughs> Wait, I love how you say that. I, I think I can speak as his emissary. I really? Can. I can, yes. Really? Yeah, all if right, he, if he was here, I'm sure he would go along. I'm sure Ralph would love that, And um, you speaking on it. Then let's hear the British accent. Well, you know, I have worked with Ralph on the BBC, but that's another story for another day. But yeah, I want to see your. I want to hear your. Yeah, accent. can I? Do could you British do a British accent, accent? like the Kentucky oh, hillbilly? Only, only, only the Southern British. Yeah. I so, want to hear that. So, at this point in his career, I think I think I can be his emissary and say, you know what? What he desperately needs is the kind of thing. Uh, you know, Lono was the only book that he 
got the co-writer credit for, with along with 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 Hunter. Although uh -huh. some people would say Captain Cook should get a credit, uh, but if this movie were well cast, I think it would mean so much to him. Well then, okay. I okay, guess Margie, I'm, I guess I'm done. in. I guess I'm we in. We are Steve. done, and if you could sign this document. <laughs> the other thing I'm curious about is: is in your career, it must be very difficult to to cast people with Southern accents. People from Appalachia, for instance. If you you know, do you ever find anyone that can do that adequately? Maybe someone. Probably not. If you're really male, from male the, leads, you that know, kind of thing. Yeah, no, probably not. That's They're not particularly interesting people, so I would. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Come on, my my cousin, the Clampets, would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, Margie, anything you want to add to this? This has been an enlightening. Well, I only have. One. I could talk all I day. I only have I mean, one really... hunter story. All right, okay, here it let's goes. hear it. Let's hear it. I only have one hunter story because you know I wasn't. I mean. I wasn't around, you know, it's it, with what I do, we're off in the corner doing what I do. I'm trying to think of other, other actors in the, sh in the, in the show, but we all went to Hunter's house in Laurel Canyon to watch the Mike Tyson fight. Were you there? Okay. So it was me, Terry, Johnny, Benicio, and some other people I don't know who. Those are who I remember. And there was a little TV room. A little room. Was he renting out? He didn't own a house Maybe there. he rented yeah, it. He must I, have rented. I, I, can, I can see whatever we were doing, wherever we were casting. Yeah. And it, it, I know where I drive by it all the time um, in Laurel Canyon. And it was a little house. Wasn't Maybe he was renting it. I don't know, a little one-story but really lovely house. And um, I just remember I, it was, I sat next to him. He was so riveting to, you know, as a presence and, and, and to talk to. And we were um, chatting away, looking towards each other when all of a sudden one of the guys shouted out, shit, he bit his ear off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we it was had the Holyfield a, fight. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh my God! Wow, that's crazy. And that, so it's you know very memorable. How did Dr. Thompson respond to the? I think uh, he was annoyed that he. I think he was annoyed that he missed the moment that I fucked up. I think that's oh, he probably was why he never saw he me was, again. He was, he was talking. To eyes me. locked on you when it happened. <laughs> they did replay it, but it isn't quite the same. So yeah. Wow. That's my story. Distracting him. That's a good one. That reminds me of the time uh, Curtis actually bit Hunter. Remember that? Uh, no. That was in the kitchen, Dan. We don't yeah, talk about that. We can't anymore. talk about that. That's right. It's not after what happened. Um, but um, I have a great Stedman yeah. story. Though. Stephen's leaving. Stephen's leaving. He's promising us a Stedman story. Can you write that down on a piece of paper that you're leaving? Yes. Can you write I, it down yes. so we know? Um, <laughs> hey, Stephen, do you want me to get her to sign anything before she leaves, or is that just the <laughs> <an> audio <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'll be playing the role of pool boy, by the way. Um, well, Margie Simkin, uh, you, uh, how many, uh, you, you won some Oscars? Do you want any of these Oscars? No, they don't let casting directors win Oscars. We don't get, we don't have an Oscar. What? But, but this year, and this is now 2020, we finally have a BAFTA for the first time. So they're nominated people for a BAFTA. Maybe in the coming years we'll get an Oscar. They'll probably, you know. So I'm looking at your credits. It says... Avatar 2 filming, Avatar 3 filming, Avatar 4 filming. 
we're is no, that a joke or no? No, we're doing two and three, not. And then if people come to two, I think we get to do four and five. <laughs> if if they come, yeah, I would have bet on they're gonna. And what's what's Snake Eyes? Now. Is that a remake of the movie with Nicolas Cage? Uh, Snake Eyes is a GI Joe spinoff. Yeah. Okay. Is that on there? Wow. That's on there. Yeah. Ombre TV series. Ombre. Uh, Ombre sadly did not get picked up. It's a pilot what? I did with with Gael Garcia Bernal. It was absolutely oh, he's wonderful. He's the best. It was the, it was really good, but you know. You know who else is a big listener? Mm. Netflix. So you know. <laughs> maybe they'll pick it up. We'll see. We'll see. You did American Gods, right? I did the I did the original cast of it. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, we're on season three of Star Trek Gee, Discovery. We're Pacific Rim. Did you cast Charlie Day? Pacific Rim. I did. There's a good story there too. All right, let's hear the Charlie. I know Charlie, so let's do. It. Okay, so let's hear. And and I he'll confirm this. So uh, I had him on a list for the part, and. We didn't get around to it. Let's put it that way. The the, the first time, but um, um, <laughs> let's put it that way. That's let's, good. Let's I like that. that. I didn't let's get around to way. it the first time. Um, but Guillermo del Toro, who directed the film, um, notoriously would watch. He's a bit of an insomniac, um, so he'd watch TV late at night, and you would get these emails or phone calls saying, you know, how about so-and-so? And he'd write back, no longer among the living. Or, <laughs> or you, know, they, they, this, you know, they watch, they watch like late night TV. A lot of directors watch late night TV. And then they'll like, you know, ask you about people that are, you know, no longer with us. But, um, you know, he was watching something and he said, how about Charlie Day? And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, we talked about this, but okay. I said, yeah, no, Charlie would be great. And he said, I want to meet him. But Guillermo was leaving the next day, two days later. So this was like 11 o'clock at night. He was going to be in L.A. the next day and gone forever to make the movie in Canada the next day. And he wanted to meet Charlie. And I knew that they were filming um, his show. Sonny. They were filming Sonny. And Danny DeVito, who... You know from I, I, Death I, the Smoochie. And, and other things, yes. So Danny is also an insomniac. So it was midnight, and I called Danny. And because you can at that age. You know, or I texted him or something. I can't remember. Well, technically, you can. I can. But one can. One, one could. One could call one could. Danny, yes. And, um, and I said, look, uh, I really want Charlie... And, and normally I would call Charlie's agent, but remember, it's the middle of the night now, and I need to get him the next day, and I know they're filming, and there was a 5 o'clock deadline. I can't remember why. Maybe okay. Guillermo was leaving for the airport the next day. And I called Danny, and I said, I really want him to meet Charlie tomorrow. Can you help me? And... He, uh, he said, I'll get back to you. And in fact, I think I sent him an email, and he emailed back. The next morning at 7 a.m., my phone rings, and it's Danny on his cell phone. And he said, Charlie's right here. And he handed Charlie the phone. And I said, I want you to meet Guillermo del Toro today. And he said, I'd love to meet him. I'm filming today supposed to wrap at five I said I think you have to be at his house in the valley by five o'clock and they were filming in at uh, Fox so 
Charlie said, I'm a producer of this show. And he walked with Danny's cell phone into the production office. And I heard him say, guys, I need to wrap by 3 o'clock so I, or 4 o'clock, whatever, so I can get to the valley. And they figured it out. And then at that point, it's still like 8 o'clock in the morning. So at nine, I, I email Charlie's agent so he doesn't get mad at me that I'm, you know, going to his client behind his back, which I, I wouldn't have if, I, if the timing things had been different. And he drove out to meet Guillermo and ended up in the movie, as you know. Fantastic. Look didn't want to go for a while because wife was about to have a baby. And I said, let her have the baby in Canada. She'll have health care for life. Right. Right. <laughs> Smart. All right. That's what we have. The origin of the Canadian anchor babies is finally known. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. Marjorie Simpkin, thank you so much for this joining us on fun, the Hunter Gatherer podcast. This was fun, guys. Do you want to hear some music before you go out? I you want to hear some? Should we play you out? Yeah, play me out. Oh, yeah. Hear that? There we go. Nice. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, for Curtis Robinson, I'm Dan Dunn. I want to thank Stephen Nemeth, Marjorie Simpkin for coming on the show. Uh, be sure to follow us on, we're not even on social media. I am at The Imbiber. We're Curtis. on all yeah. the social media. We're on all of it. Just find it. Google it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>